SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I am Brad Brown. It's good to have you with us tonight. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting to Vernon Philander off the back of a very impressive Test Series victory over Australia yesterday at the Wanderers. Uh, Big Vern will join us on this evening's show. We'll also get the latest from the Commonwealth Games that uh, officially got started today with the opening ceremony on the Gold Coast. Janet Witten uh, has a report for us, and uh, we will also uh, be looking at uh, the Unity Games that are taking place uh, in Gauteng at the moment. Let's start off with some soccer news, however, and uh, look forward to this evening's absolute Premiership clashes. Tabletoppers Mamelodi Sundowns host Chipper United at Loftus Fashfeld. Barock FC are away to Platinum Stars. Polokwane City welcome Supersport United. Kaiser Chiefs travel to Goble Park to play Free State Stars and Cape Town City, who are going to be without midfielder Teko Modise, who faces a lengthy spell on the sidelines. He's picked up a hip injury. They host Golden Arrows at the Cape Town Stadium while Orlando Pirates, are one who are one point behind the Brazilians, face a tricky home fixture against Blum Celtic. Celtic coach Veselin Jelusic admits that they will be running into an Orlando Pirates team in red-hot form tonight, but uh, that's not stopped the Serb from believing that they can cause an upset in this evening's clash in Soweto, despite a busy playing schedule over the last week. Fantastic form. It will not be easy for us. Again, one tough game in only fourth time days uh, that we will have. We will again try to play as better we can and to try to achieve the best possible result. Yes, of course, uh, when you have a very... We, we are traveling over the night to uh, Bluefontein. We have only two, uh, on Monday one practice and immediately after that we are going to play with the Paris. Of course, in some way it affects uh, performance, but we are not looking for excuses. It is just competition. The Sea Robbers are looking for a fifth straight victory and an eighth win in their last ten. Celtic, on the other hand, are searching for just their third win in ten games. Inconsistent form have left them eighth on the league standings. Jalusic says they have to believe that they can cause an upset tonight. Always we must to believe. We must to believe. Maybe our chances uh, are not so big, but if we will have our day, maybe we will achieve something. All of those matches kick off in an hour from now at half past seven in the UEFA Champions League. Tonight it is quarterfinal first leg action between Barcelona and Roma. Manchester City travel to Anfield to play Liverpool. We'll preview all of those clashes uh, this evening as well. On to Super Rugby News. Sharks coach Robert Dupree has named an unchanged starting 15 for their clash against the Hurricanes uh, in Napier on Friday. Meanwhile, Toyota Cheetahs are looking to take another step closer uh, towards a Pro 14 final series place when they face Welshide, the of Blues at the Toyota Stadium in Bloemfontein this weekend. The last time the two sides met was in February this year with the Cheetahs narrowly losing by 25 points to 20 at Cardiff Arms Park in Wales. Cheetahs coach Rory Duncan says this game is crucial. This is a critical game, obviously with Cardiff you know, barking at our heels. The focus is there. We Obviously the players understand the importance of this game and um, obviously we've tried to prepare as best as possible you know, to take these guys on on our home ground. The Cheetahs have returned to winning ways in their last two matches, beating Connacht 26-25 at home and then ran out 29-17 winners over the Newport Gwent Dragons at the Rodney Parade Stadium in South Wales. Duncan says they've still got a long way to go over. It's nice to be in contention. We obviously realise that there's still a bit of a, a road to travel and we're not underestimating you know, the importance and the competitiveness of this game. Um, you know, Cardiff, have, well, I think they're sitting on eight wins or something like that on the trot. Um, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a decent outfit. Um, so we're in, for a, we're in for a tough battle this weekend. 
On to some cricket news now. Former captain Steve Smith and Cameron Bancroft have confirmed that they will not appeal against their suspension that was imposed by Cricket Australia. Smith was handed a 12-month ban while the young Western Australian opening bat was given nine months for his role in the ball-tampering scandal. The latest ICC rankings released today as well. India is still top of those test rankings ahead of South Africa, New Zealand, Australia and England. Steve Smith tops the test batting rankings ahead of Virat Kohli. A.B. de Villiers is, nine, uh, is sixth, uh, Dean Elgar eighth and Aidan Markram has broken into the top ten at ninth. Kahisa Rabada is ranked as the world's best test bowler. Vernon Philander is third. Mornay Morkel ends his career at number six. On to golf, Tiger Woods has not competed at the U.S. Masters since 2015, but that did not stop the four-time champion from sending a warning shot to his rivals yesterday that echoed through the tall pines that line the Augusta National. Woods, who missed three of his previous four Masters due to back problems, called himself a walking miracle and says he's feeling the best he has in seven or eight years, heading into tomorrow's opening round. I have four rounds to play, so let's just kind of slow down. i, I got to go play and then let the chips fall where they may, and hopefully uh, I end up on top. But I got a lot of work to do between now and then. As far as you know, greatest comebacks, I think that one of the greatest comebacks in, in all of sport is, is the gentleman who won here, Mr. Hogan. I mean, he got hit by a bus and came back and won major championships. The, the pain he had to endure, the things he had to do just to play, the wrapping over the leg, um, all the hot tubs, and just the how hard it was for him to walk, walk, period, and he ended up walking 36 holes and winning the US Open. And that's one of the greatest comebacks there is, and it happens to be in our sport. And finally, Motorsport News, Toro Rosso's engine supplier Honda has replaced the power unit components in the cars of Pierre Gasly and Brendan Hartley after problems in the first race of the Formula One season in Australia. The move by the Japanese manufacturer, whose previous partnership with McLaren ended at the end of 2017 after three troubled years, means grid penalties look inevitable this season. Teams are limited to three engines per driver and just two of some components for the entire 21 race campaign. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat some cricket. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and the dust has settled following uh, a very, very exciting and eventful series against Australia. It all concluded yesterday at the Bullring up in Johannesburg with an emphatic win uh, by the Proteas. As Mike Hazeman said uh, after the first innings, uh, South Africa uh, scored nearly a, a half a thousand runs. They won by nearly half a thousand runs. It sounds very impressive, and it was an impressive win. The chief destroyer in that first session yesterday morning was Vernon Philander, and he joins us now. Vern, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, afternoon. Thanks for having me. Vernon, has it sunk in for you personally what uh, you guys as a team have achieved uh, in, in this series? The first win against uh, a touring Australian side since readmission. It's been a long, long time. I know you've won in Australia, but it's pretty sweet to do it at home. Yeah, I think, you know, there's always a bit of pressure, you know, when you're playing a home series, you know, against a team like Australia. And like you said, you know, yeah, we haven't beaten them in on home, so, you know, funny enough. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, the way we turned it around after the first test match, you know, it's pretty special. Um, you know, yeah, they basically rolled us, you know, you know, in the first test match, and then we had to go back and, and really, you know, plan and offer plot and plan, you know, as to how we're going to go about in the last three test matches. And I just think the way the boys stuck to their guns and, you know, big names stepped up at, at, at you know, key times in the end of the series. And that was, you know, pretty awesome to, to, to finally knock them over you know, non-soil. You talk about uh, sort of key players stepping up at, at key times and, and particularly after that first test match, coming into the second one in Port Elizabeth, the pressure was on. Uh, and in, in my mind, I mean, in, in test matches, there's often performances that turn test matches. But in, in my mind, there was one performance 
performance that really turned the series, and that was AB's 100 in, in that second test match. Uh, with, with the pressure on, with the team in trouble, uh, amazing to have him back, first of all. But, uh, I mean, you can't say enough about that century. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the way AB played, um, I think, you know, we were in a, uh, in a bit of pressure as well. And, you know, the way that he kept calm, um, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you can't take it away from, you know, from Dean and, 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 and Hashim as well, you know, because they basically, you know, took the, you know, sting out of their bowlers, um, which made it a little bit easier for us coming in down the order to, you know, to score runs against, you know, the bowlers when they're a little bit tired. So, but, you know, take nothing away from maybe it was a magnificent knock. Um, I think he just understood his role so clearly, you know, that he had to back through and, and get a big innings and to really, you know, go level, obviously, in the series in the PE game. But I think, you know, just, you know, just the way that the guys played overall, you know, doing the series, I think, you know, they were key, key moments in key games that, you know, players stepped up and, you know, really make it count. And consistency is, is one thing I know you guys talk about often and, and stringing together sessions and, and making sure that you just keep piling on the pressure. And, and, and for me, that was probably one of the big takeaways from, from this series. And, and obviously there was lots going on. It started on the pitch, but ended off the pitch as well. Uh, and, and you just kept on tightening those screws on, on Australia and, 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 and the cracks sort of started to appear and, and you never took your foot off the, off, off the, off the gas. Is, is that something you've, as a team, worked really hard on just to, to keep the pressure on and, and, and don't, Back off? Yeah, look, I think you know, test cricket is you know, called test cricket for a reason. Um, you know, you you tend to you know make sure that you get, you know keep their bowlers in the field for you know a long period of time. You know, until they get to their breaking point. You know, which then allow you to score freely. Um, and vice versa. You know, they have, you know probably plotted the same against us. You know, trying to push us you know into our third and fourth spell and, and and trying to take it from there. But I think you know we've just been relentless. You know, with our skill. Um, you know, and. and, and and obviously shows in the results, you know, the last three games. Um, you know, we, we made sure that, you know, we could, you know, go out there and, and, and execute our skills for a lot longer than what, you know, you know, obviously, you know, one, yeah, than what they did. Um, and yeah, it just proves, you know, this cricket is still, you know, the ultimate, you know, challenge as a cricketer. I spoke to Stephen Cook last night just about the, the series victory and, and one of the things that popped up was the, the youngsters and uh, just how well they've done in this series and the likes of, of Kajisa Rabada, he's really uh, stepped up to the plate and uh, I mean he's the, the best test bowler in the world at the moment on the ICC rankings, he was the leading wicket taker, Aidan Markram at the top of the order, uh, leading run scorer, it, it bodes well for the future of, of South African cricket doesn't it Vin? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you have young guns coming in and, 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 you know, and play the way that obviously Cage is bowling, the way that uh, Aiden is playing, and, you know, there's, there's a couple of others, Tenda as well. Um, uh, you know, it just, yeah, you know, it makes life so much easier for your senior players. Um, you know, then, you know, that all the pressure is not on your senior players to, you know, to keep performing. And uh, I think, you know, the way that these two are going, um, you know, hopefully it will boost very well for South African cricket for the future as well. And like you said, you know, KG is probably bowling the best I've ever seen him. Um, and, you know, just the willingness to learn as well, you know, having those youngsters around and, you know, the way they ask questions, the way they want to improve, you know, on a day-by-day basis, it's just phenomenal to see. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just great to be a part of, you know, guys that want to learn, guys that want to move forward and guys that want to, you know, obviously up the game. For you personally, obviously you, you put in lots of work over the, the four test matches, lots of bowling, uh, at times not being rewarded for, for some fantastic bowling and, and, and that's often the case where, where you put in the hard work and, and other bowlers sort of reap the rewards of the pressure you're building. But yesterday, everything seemed to click. Uh, I'm sure you'd love uh, more of those in your career. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think you know you can be greedy at times, uh, but I think you know, I, yeah, I understand my role pretty clear. Um, you know, I've got to sometimes you know keep the cap close and you know let KG strike on the other end because uh, sometimes you know if I have to be greedy and you know I lead someone to you know, the same time, uh, I think it will make it a lot more difficult for us to you know really control the game. And I think you know sometimes 
you know, yeah, I just allow him to, you know, just to do his thing, you know, just to run him and, and ball quick and, you know, you know, not to worry about, you know, too much other things and, you know, obviously, you know, keeping it tight, you know, at the same time. So, basically, you know, yeah, I'll keep it tight and, and, and allow him to strike, you know, and just to run him and, and ball quick and, you know, try and obviously not a few hard. But uh, yesterday, things changed a little bit. Um, we, you know, we were obviously more a, you know, with the plate or bowled with a 50%, um, and then we had Casey also, you know, pretty much man down. So, yeah, I had to step up again and, you know, take the role of, 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 of obviously knocking them over. You scored some key runs in the series as well. Uh, are, are you are you feeling that your form slightly better with the bat? I mean, 155 at, at an average of 31 with uh, with a 52 as a high in the series. Uh, you, you can't complain about that either. No, I absolutely love my betting at the moment. Uh, look, I mean, I'm almost getting to the the stage of my career where I'll, I'll probably focus a little bit more on my batting and a little bit less on my bowling because, um, you know, I'll probably bet, uh, you know, bet a bit more than, you know, than the bowling. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I do spend a lot of time, you know, on my batting, um, something which I thoroughly enjoy. And I think, you know, in a series like this, you want to stand up and, you know, obviously make it count. Um, you, you want to contribute, you know, with the bat and the ball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was fortunate to be able to do so. I have to ask you this question. Has Dean Elgar stopped speaking about that catch yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dean has taken a few blinders <laughs> in the series, and uh, yeah, I mean, just phenomenal to see. You know, sometimes when the momentum, you know, you know, when the momentum is on your side, you know what can happen. Um, but yeah, I think the guys, you know, obviously everyone's in a good space, and you know, we enjoy yeah each other's camaraderie out in the field, and yeah, I think you know, and, yeah, things like that. I think I probably shouldn't give him this ammo, but uh, his bowling average in the series was better than yours as well uh, by a, a small margin. He only did take one wicket, but uh, if he hasn't picked that up yet, I'm sure you're going to be hearing lots about that too, uh, <laughs> Vern. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you always get, you know, uh, yeah, you always, you know, rave about yeah, his bowling. Um, but yeah, look, I think, you know, like I said, we enjoy it, you know, each other's company, each other's camaraderie and just a good vibe in the team and uh, I think, you know, just sort of nominal to pull off the series at home and I think, you know, for the next few weeks, the guys can just, you know, to relax a little bit, it was, you know, quite an intense series um, on and off the field. Um, so yeah, I think we're all looking forward to couple of weeks off and then yeah Sri Lanka again in July yeah and let's touch on the camaraderie and uh, the guy you all said goodbye to yesterday he's, he's going to leave a big hole in that squad he's one of the nice guys of South African cricket so, uh, Mornay Morkel I mean what can you say about that career I'm chuffed that he got uh, his 300th in, in the series but uh, fantastic career and just what a great ambassador for South African cricket yeah, I think, you know, Mourne epitomizes, you know, uh, you know a true professional group here. Um, you know, just the way you think about his business. I mean, I joined the national side about seven years ago, and, I mean, uh, bumping into Mourne was, just, you know, this friendly giant guy, you know, trying to kill him in the nets, but, you know, still sharing, you know, little humorous jokes, you know, every now and again. Um, yeah, I think, you know, he just made life so much easier on the field, you know, on the field, in the changing room. Um, just having him around, you know, was just, you know, such light-hearted moment. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to miss him. Uh, like I said, you know, he was just a wonderful guy, a wonderful human being at the end of the day. Well, Vernon, congratulations once again from all of us here at SAFM to you and the entire squad. A superb series. It was great to watch. It was enthralling. There was drama. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if uh, if that's anything uh, to go by, hopefully the series uh, against Sri Lanka is just as good. And we look forward to that. Enjoy the time off, and we look forward to seeing you in action very, very soon. 
SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and there was uh, some incredible football uh, on display last night in Europe. It was uh, quarter-final action, first leg, two matches taking place, and we're joined now uh, by a man who's no stranger to European football, David Kappel, who we've spoken to here on the show before, Soccer Laduma International Football Editor. David, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat to you, Brett. David, before we get into anything, let's get it out of the way. The goal. Cristiano Ronaldo last night scored two, but that second one was something special, wasn't it? Uh, it was mind-blowing, uh, uh, you know. Um, this uh, bicycle kick, I think it was the, the first one that he did at this stage. And, uh, you know, um, in, to do it in the Champions League quarterfinal at Juventus against one of the best defences in the world, it's just incredible. I mean, they were 1-0 up at that stage. Ronaldo scored the opener very, very early on. But uh, Juventus were, were were pushing hard. They were, were trying to get that, that equaliser. And I just got the sense as soon as that second goal was scored, that just uh, sort of took the wind out of their sails. I mean, it would for any team. And, uh, and the, the, the tie was pretty much done and dusted by then. Uh, they, Real Madrid did go on to score a third. But uh, it's tough to come back from that against a classy outfit like Real Madrid. No, I completely agree. I don't think uh, that Juventus can come back. Um, if it had stayed at the at a one-goal defeat, uh, maybe they would have fancied their chances at the Bernabeu. But coming back from two uh, or three goals against a side like Real Madrid, you know, they're so experienced at this stage of the competition. They've struggled in La Liga this season, but in the Champions League, it just seems like they're a completely different team, you know. Um, so I don't think there's any way back for Juventus in this time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Real Madrid setting an, an early an early sort of marker in the uh, the knockout stages. Let's touch on the other match. Uh, it was Sevilla up against Bayern Munich. Sevilla obviously at home. Uh, they scored first. And then I think they, they must feel a little bit unlucky. O- own goal by Jesus Navas-Gonzalez, uh, allowing Bayern Munich to, to sort of level matters. And then they ended up conceding again. So they've, they've conceded two goals at home. Going to be difficult for them as well to come back from that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tricky. Um, I mean, Bayern, they didn't start as they wanted in the game and Sevilla was, was up 1-0 and they were still, you know, riding on the wave of uh, knocking out United in the previous round. And obviously on the weekend, they had a great game against Barcelona uh, in La Liga. But um, Bayern, similar to Real Madrid, they're one of the strongest sides in the Champions League. Um, Jupp Heynckes has returned to the club. Um, he won the treble with them uh, when he was last there. I think uh, they're going to be too strong for Sevilla. They're not going to um, let the Spanish side take anything away from them in their own home crowd in the, in the second leg. And David, at, at this stage in the competition, to be conceding goals at home uh, and, and not just one or two, but multiple goals, two and, and three, it just sets you up for, for an uphill battle. And it's so hard, particularly at this stage in the competition where you're coming up against unbelievable clubs. It, you, you, you're making life extremely difficult for yourself uh, going to that second leg uh, in those two positions. No, definitely. I mean, the away goal rule is still um, working in, in the Champions League. And uh, it, it, like you said, it feels much more tricky to come back from conceding at home um, at this stage than in, in an earlier round. Um, we've seen it um, with Sevilla against United, actually, in the previous round, when Sevilla um, played a nil-nil draw at home to United, but then they beat United 2-1 uh, at the Old Trafford. 
So um, it's really important to keep the defence tight, and we will see that again tonight. Yeah, let's talk about tonight, because uh, the other uh, Spanish giants are in action, uh, and the little maestro, uh, Lionel Messi, uh, obviously watched last night and, and saw what... Uh, what uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did. Can we see fireworks from Barcelona tonight? Or are they going to go into that one trying to better what Real did last night? Um, it often seems like, you know, um, between Messi and Ronaldo, who are the best players of our generation, without a doubt, it always seems like, you know, when the one does something, the other thing is what you can do, I can do better. <laughs> so um, it is expected that Messi will turn up tonight, particularly after he was rested on the weekend against Sevilla. Um, I personally think um, Barcelona are too strong for, for Roma. Um, they're still unbeaten in, in La Liga. You know, a fact that almost goes um, a bit under the radar this season because in the league, Real had, uh, had a shocking campaign and everyone is talking about that. Rather about the great campaign that Barcelona are having. I think they're too strong for Roma and will beat them with two or three goals. Absolutely. And then I think the game that a lot of people are, are eyeing, I think there's so much interest around this game taking place at Anfield tonight. Liverpool hosting Manchester City. Liverpool have been up and down in the league, but they've been superb in the, in the Champions League so far this season. City, we know what they're doing in, in the English league at the moment. Uh, they are miles ahead. But uh, Liverpool are going to be tricky at home tonight. Uh, I, I, fancy, I fancy Liverpool there. What are, what are your thoughts, David? Yeah, as you say, they, particularly at home, they seem to be very strong. They've only lost one game in the league at home this season. And they undefeated at home in the last 12 matches in the Champions League. Um, Jurgen Klopp somehow um, knows how to handle um, Pep Guardiola's teams. He's actually the only manager that has a positive head-to-head record um, against Pep Guardiola of managers that have faced him more than five times. He's beaten him um, six times, while Pep has only won five of the contests. But the one thing that's promising and that should have every football fan excited is that when these two managers have met, there has never been a nil-nil draw. There's always goals, and that's what people expect, and that's what people want to see tonight again. Are you willing to stick your neck out on these two matches? I know you said Barcelona should be too strong for Roma. Are you, are you prepared to give us a score prediction and, and for the, the game that's happening in, uh, at Anfield? Um, I think it's going to be 3 0 to Barca in, in the first game. And then uh, at Anfield, I'm hoping for 2 0 draw so that uh, everything still will still be up for grabs in the second leg. Well, let's see. I think we're in for another entertaining night of European football. David Capel, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. Enjoy the footy. I know you're going to. And we look forward to catching up again soon. Yes, me too. Have a great evening. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. There was lots of sand and surf, plenty of Aboriginal music and ceremony, and a strong message of unity. The 2018 Gold Coast Commonwealth Games were officially opened by Prince Charles. Over the next 11 days, athletes from 71 countries will compete in 23 different sporting codes. Janet Witten has more. It started out very wet, perhaps appropriate in a country that's hoping the Commonwealth Games will unite a country still reeling from one of its greatest sporting shames, the cricket ball tampering controversy. Australia are likely to top the medals table and the opening ceremony was a great start, a message of unity, the sounds of the didgeridoo and the appearance of Megaloo, the great white whale. Aboriginal culture dominated the ceremony and the Games have been embraced by many although just outside the stadium about 100 activists protested what they called the Stolen Wealth Games. 
After the arrival of Prince Charles and his wife Camilla, the stage transformed into a beach scene, complete with inflatables, surfers and real lifesavers. The Parade of Nations began with the last hosts, Scotland, and they came out grouped by continent. Every team was led out by a nipper, a young lifesaver carrying a surfboard bearing the country's name. And it's not just us expecting great things from Team South Africa. And here's one of the power nations. South Africa and one of their best-known athletes leads their charge into the stadium. Kasta Semenya, the Olympic 800-metre champion when she was first across the line in 2016. And one of their stars of the team will be hitting the pool tomorrow, and that's Chad Leclerc. And he's racing in seven events here on the Gold Coast, and he's looking to try and break the all-time record the Commonwealth Games flag was carried out by members of the organization's Athletes Commission. One of them is superstar and multiple Commonwealth Games medalist Natalie Dutoy. The chairman of Gold Coast 2018, Peter Beatty, welcomed the athletes and fans. G'day. Welcome to Australia. Welcome to Queensland. And welcome to the Gold Coast. And in the language of the local Yugambeh people, I say jiggery to you all. The Games were then officially declared open by Prince Charles. Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it now gives me the greatest pleasure to declare the 21st Commonwealth Games open. The Queen's baton was brought into the stadium in a classic combi by swimmer Susie O'Neill. It was passed to a number of famous Australian athletes before the final pass to Sally Pearson, one of the country's most decorated athletes and a Gold Coast native. Team South Africa will hope for their first medal tomorrow morning, with Richard Murray and Henri Skuman, both serious medal contenders in the triathlon. I'm Janet Witten in Johannesburg. SAFM Sports Wrap. Yeah, I'm definitely getting up for that one tomorrow morning. It should be a great race. Uh, it gets underway just after 5 o'clock, uh, that men's triathlon, the ladies' triathlon, just after 1 tomorrow morning. The second edition of the Gauteng Premier Social Cohesion Games was launched in Johannesburg today, and Premier David Makura was quick to emphasize that they are dedicating this year's game to the fallen mother of the nation, Winnie Madikizela Mandela, the struggle stalwart who passed away on Monday, is very or was very instrumental in driving social projects that were aimed at bettering the lives of vulnerable communities. Makura says that Mama Winnie stood for fits perfectly with the social cohesion games. Mama Winnie played a very profound role in bringing South Africans together. Uh, but she went beyond just South Africans. I mean, in, in the context of our province, uh, the, the lot of people she worked with were really across the racial and religious divide. She worked with uh, people from across every community. Uh, but her appeal also in the continent was huge and uh, you heard the voices from across the continent uh, that she's respected as this great fighter uh, for, for, for liberation in our continent, um, that she stands out there amongst the main great leaders, African revolutionaries. Uh, and, and I think uh, the, 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 in the next seven days when uh, the social cohesion games will be taking place in our province. 
uh, in each of the, the the soccer fields where the games would be taking place, uh, the the players and the soccer fans uh, will observe a moment of silence silence in her honor. Uh, she, she because her powerful appeal was was that she saw people as people that she never saw somebody as white uh, or as black or as foreigner she just saw people as as people and and her struggle was about equality the Gauteng government uh, is in partnership with the Hellenic, Italian and Portuguese alliance, the Macau Group, as they aim to use the game to promote nation building and fight against racism and xenophobia. Makura says the emphasis of this year's games is on tackling racism. In the launch of uh, this year's uh, second edition of the Social Cohesion Games, uh, our f- message was uh, focusing, we basically were saying no to racism and because racism is resurging in our country. There are incidents uh, of racism coming up uh, everywhere else, which shows that uh, we still have uh, 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 that passed with us so very strong message about no to racism uh, i think on the on uh, last year we emphasized uh, uh, the focus on last year was on no to xenophobia uh, and then this year we also want to bring back the issues about women abuse uh, and uh, uh, sexism and patriarchy uh, so we also want to say no to uh, abuse of women um, and the uh, nod to sexism. The 2018 Social Cohesion Games are already underway, and this coming weekend, this uh, will see teams made up of various nationalities, football legends, politicians, and celebrities taking part in a seven-a-side football tournament from across 11 regions in Gauteng. And that is about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow afternoon. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. SAFM Sports Wrap returns tomorrow at 6:30, and we'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten, so make sure you tune in then. And hopefully, uh, some good news, fingers crossed, we'll have some silverware to show from the Commonwealth Games as well. From my team in Johannesburg this evening, Luyolo and Phineas, thank you so much uh, for your assistance this evening, gentlemen. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is uh, the talk shop from myself, Brad Brown. Have yourself a great evening. It is time for your news.